Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 124 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Dr. Amy Baker. And we talk about such an important topic today, relationships. And this is a holiday season. So if you celebrate the holidays, you know that this is a busy time of year that comes with a lot of, for some people, relationship challenges, a lot of family gatherings and all the stresses that some people experience at this time. So we wanted to bring you this episode today to really give you some new perspective shifts in the concept of what does a healthy relationship looks like. One of the things that we talk about early on that I think is so powerful is the concept that Dr. Baker shares with us of taking 100% responsibility for our emotional safety. And she's going to explain what she means by that with some tangible examples. But it is something that I have also been contemplating and working on myself since starting my studies of Honoponopono years back. And I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but she brings such a special, fresh take to this, which I think you're going to love. Also, we discussed what does it really look like to have a healthy relationship and what is the role of our own selves and our own self-awareness in this process. This is such a juicy episode and I'm very pleased to share that with you. So let me properly introduce you to Dr. Amy. Dr. Baker left a career in pharmacy in 2021 to pursue what she knows to be the root of health, which is a healthy and resilient nervous system. She sold everything and hit the road. Her mission is to bring the human experience back to health at large and to foster the collective understanding that if we are not addressing our nervous system health, we're not addressing health. She loves working with healthcare leaders and professionals who are tired of working in a broken and disempowering system and who want to be part of the positive paradigm shifts for themselves and their patients. Without any further ado, here is Dr. Amy Baker. Welcome, Dr. Amy Baker, to the show. It is such a pleasure having you today. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes. Appreciate you. Oh, my pleasure. And I would like to get us started with my favorite question, which is how do you define confidence? Um, for me, confidence is knowing that I have my back no matter what. It means that it started for me when I took 100% responsibility for my emotional safety and started taking those steps uh, to create that for myself and my self-worth shot through the roof. Little, like little by little, it just yeah. went up. And yeah, just knowing that I have my back and that I can trust myself to act on my behalf no matter what. 
Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Love it so much. And you said something really interesting. So I think I'm actually going like, to use it as our <laughs> initial sort of part of the conversation here in terms of mm-hmm. like your emotional safety. So talk to me about what does that mean to you? What does it look like? Such a great question. For me, if I, if I look back, I used to put my emotional safety in the hands of others, expecting them to be a certain way so that I could feel safe. Mm. And that meant that I, or that relieved me of the responsibility of setting boundaries, of saying no, um, of saying yes to the things that I wanted and expressing my needs and desires. Mm. And so owning that my safety is up to me meant that I needed to step into personal responsibility around voicing my needs and desires, setting boundaries, advocating for myself, and working against the grain or the societal mm-hmm. um, conditioning around being a nice girl. And, yes. and, and the stuff that comes up around, um, around that. So, so it just, it just means that, that I have my back when it comes to feeling safe. And what does it mean to feel safe? That I trust myself, that I feel, I express my emotions in a way that is clear. There's more to it, but I'm kind of, mm-hmm. maybe we can, we might dive back into it yeah. in some profession, but yeah, just trusting myself mm, versus putting my trust in other people. Exactly. I got such goosebumps as you're saying that. I was like, oh, that deeply resonated <laughs> with me specifically. And I love that we started there because safety is probably, it has been for most of my life, the, I would say that number one word, <laughs> fear and safety have been probably the main focus of everything I've worked on for myself. Feeling physically unsafe from being born in Brazil and living in a country that we felt very unsafe at all times, even inside your own home to then coming to Canada and having that shift into other forms, right? So I, I love that oh. topic so much. But when I'm talking about emotional safety, when you say about taking the full responsibility, like that is so powerful. And I think mm-hmm. that is a great angle for us to explore deeper because a lot of times when we have relationship problems, right? It is usually we're expecting somebody else to behave the way that we want or fulfill something like it's of a high value to us and all those things. And taking full responsibility has been a a transformational concept for me. So for you, how does taking full responsibility for not just your emotional safety, but like all the other things that described looks like? Give us some example, like tangible example of that. Mm. What does that look like? Like in the physical realm, right? In the environment? Mm-hmm. Or with other people, you know, because I mentioned the whole good girl thing that I also want to kind of tie back to that as well. Right. I'll just speak from my personal experience. Yeah. And maybe people will resonate with that or um, see themselves in that the people in my life have up leveled, meaning I am surrounded by more people who are responsible for themselves and don't project their needs outward onto me and and are clear on their expectations and if they aren't then I can ask them so the communication is more mm. clear mm-hmm. I mean we're still human and I still mess, mess <laughs> up it's called being human um 
But yes, the people in my life are of much higher quality and caliber. I don't have drama in my life. Mm -hmm. I may have moments of, mm -hmm. of you know, being super emotional. And I use that as uh, fuel to understand myself better and to learn how to express myself better um, versus getting down on myself. So there's more self-compassion, yeah. which means I'm also less likely to um, partake in some of those distracting behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to be emotionally labile and I used to have addictions and all kinds of compulsive behaviors that worked against me. And I, I don't have those. I may, I may scroll on social media and go, okay, what am I avoiding? Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, and I still have my morning coffee that is kind of this programmed thing for me. But other than that, um, I don't really have those impulsive behaviors like I used to. And when they do come up, if they do, I have more awareness and I can say, okay, did I get enough sleep? Mm -hmm. Am I well nourished? Yeah. Is something stressing me out that I'm not expressing to someone? Am I not expressing my needs? And I can have a conversation with myself. So, um, and it means I left uh, a job that was not, I didn't feel in integrity for like the last four years of it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that's different is that I aligned with my integrity yeah, um, and my values. Love everything you said. And one of the things you mentioned, the communication, the two things I want to highlight. The first one is that when those, say, habits or situations come back up, we ask different questions, right? <laughs> Instead mm -hmm. of, oh, why? Or it, uh, I think the questions like you just described, they're a lot more, I'd say, aligned, right? To understanding, okay, if, the, if I'm experiencing this trigger, this habit or this craving, what is really the emotional root cause? And we can so much quicker, I think, get to <laughs> neutrality back again, which I love that part. And the communication as well, I wanted to give a quick example that my husband and I have been, you know, I would say communicating in this style version of what you're describing for many years now as we started studying different ways of looking at things, right? And it is very fascinating to me because the communication, like you said, is so much more clear. It is not trigger-based, victim-based. It is very much, these, are, these mm -hmm. are my needs. These are my values and my voids. These are yours. And it's almost like a loving negotiation so that we always get to a resolution. It's quick. And if one part of each other gets triggered, we ask better questions of why that is. And it has been so fascinating to me, right? Uh, but he is someone that is very open to learning and looking, you know, inwards and so on. Whereas okay. so my question for you is in situations, let's just say that the good girl behavior comes back because the other person on the other side of that relationship isn't, let's just say, a boss before somebody else, you know, leaves a job they're not in integrity with anymore, or maybe a family member that we can't really get rid of. <laughs> um, what are some maybe suggestions or perspective shifts if the other person in this relationship isn't willing, able, or capable of meeting you there? And you want to be that good girl and please them. Well, awareness is always the first mm -hmm. place of like, oh, I'm usually in people pleasing. We abandon our needs. Yeah. And then we resent the other person yeah. for our choice <laughs> of abandoning our needs. And so when I work with people in coaching on relationship, I help them own that 
that is their choice. Because if we blame it on the other person, Mm -hmm. our disempoweredness, our resentment, we're putting our power outside of ourselves. When we can own the uncomfortable choice that Mm -hmm. we've made Mm -hmm. to give up our power to not express our needs, we then have somewhere to go. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really my first is awareness and then ownership. Um, Love it. Because without that, we can't go anywhere. And once we have those two, then there are certain tools that we can learn mm-hmm. and then we need to practice them. Mm-hmm. So whether, you know, it's um, in coaching where we do role play or some of our lower stakes relationships mm-hmm. um, where, <laughs> where it feels less scary to express our needs or say no or, um, and just continue to practice. It's like going to the gym and building muscles. Yeah. It's, it's rewiring our brain literally in relationship to to do some of those things and that's why it's so uncomfortable at first yeah and so worth it <laughs> it is so worth right? it <laughs> it is <laughs> absolutely i love Did that I answer your that. question yeah absolutely it makes yeah. complete sense hey there have you heard of my new book release a woman's guide to releasing weight in midlife through becoming a body's best friend if not, go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book or click the link in the show notes below to learn more and to see if this is the right book for you. I wrote this book for women to read before your next diet. And this is not a book about weight loss, another diet trend, or a magical solution you have not tried yet. This is instead a rebellion against hating our bodies and trying to change who we are. Together, we will release all that no longer serves you so you can get the body you want and make midlife the best and healthiest years of your life. I cannot wait for you to get the book, so go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash book to learn more. Now, back to the episode. So let's just say in this, like looking at your history and you know share whatever you feel inspired to advise but how did you go from you know triggers traumas and all those things to having that awareness give us a little glimpse in terms of your history and your story and what brought you here yeah so two years ago I was working at as a director of pharmacy so as a mm-hmm. healthcare administrator and outpatient uh, center mm-hmm. and um, I had a lot of like I felt I had my stuff together pretty well but I had a lot of relationship issues come up. It was summer of COVID uh, lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had this uh, sudden breakup that set me into like six weeks of grief. And I thought, I got to work. I cannot do this to myself again. <laughs> this is me. This is me. Um, and so I jumped into this relationship coach training that changed my life because it helped me not only to see and change my codependent style of of relating mm-hmm. um but it also helped me see and know that one of our core needs in our lives and in to feeling safe in the world um is to feel seen and heard yeah. it is literally and to have safe secure attachment mm-hmm. it's it's we need that pretty much to survive our nervous system doesn't really know um that we're not 
dying in some yes. ways because it, it yeah. gets imprinted as a child. If we don't have attachment, we literally will die. If we self-express and we don't get our attachment needs met, it feels in our nervous system that we will die because at age one, that's the case. And so we alter our behavior to get the love and attention we need or to maintain the love and connection we need. Right. And that becomes our strategy in life. So instead of authentic self-expression, we my my strategy was to be perfect yes. at everything and to excel and be the good girl and um, follow all the rules and very much and resonate. Point, <laughs> right. And at some point, the the gap between our strategy, our strategic self and our true self in that gap is addiction and depression and anxiety and all kinds of issues that I, I saw in my patients. Yeah. Um, and I want to make sure I'm not losing the question here. No, that's perfect. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, so in that, you know, I had, I had been in healthcare knowing full well that I didn't really resonate with it. I actually wanted to be a physician, not a pharmacist. And just like I did in relationship, I, I went to the school that took me and wanted me. Um, and I made the best of it and I have zero regrets. But I never really aligned with it. And so I did a functional medicine fellowship and this will tie together, trying to get at the root mm -hmm. of things. I said, well, I don't want to just cover up symptoms and give people pills. Like I know there's more to it. And at the end of three years, I said, oh, darn it, we're not there yet. Because if people can't advocate for themselves, if they don't have enough self-worth, if they have a horrible family environment at home in a toxic relationship, they're never going to be healthy. They're never going to make the changes that they need to make to live a healthy lifestyle. And thankfully, this coach training dropped in my lap. And I realized that the root of health, in my view, and I feel it deeply in my bones, is having a healthy and resilient nervous system, mm -hmm. which means safe, secure relationships. It means working on our mindset. It means working on our environment and mm -hmm. being in an environment where we can thrive and not just survive. Yeah. And so that was kind of, that was my path, if you will. There's more to it, but that, in a nutshell, that was... Yeah. Really, um, I'm so grateful. Mm, yeah. I'm so grateful for the pain that led me to the training that helped me see yeah. what health truly, the root of health truly is. Yeah. I love that so much. And you start to see like the hidden order, right? Of really the the motive of the pain, but also the the purpose and the strategy and all the pieces behind it. And I think it's, you said it so beautifully, actually. I'm very excited to re-listen to this, <laughs> to get all the golden nuggets. But one thing that really stood out to me when you're talking about that gap in between our strategic self and our, let's just say, more truthful, authentic self, right? And perfectionism being one of the sort of strategies of how we can either acquire or maintain that level of love, attachment, acceptance, even if it's for the strategic version of us, not the fully, you know, embodied version of us. In terms of perfectionism from your point of view and this stimulation of our nervous system and endotoxic addictions and all the, I'd say, very common habits I see in the clients that I work with that are very much on that <laughs> spectrum that you described, yeah. what would be 
you know, potentially step one or a couple of steps that somebody can take once they are aware that this is happening. And thank you so much for bringing that awareness to us on this call. What are some of the initial things that we can start to consider in terms of shortening that gap? It's funny because I, I just continuously go back to my own personal experience. Yeah. Um, looking at what we're tolerating, um, whether it's in our, our work, our relationships, and why are we tolerating that? Um, especially if it's something that we're, we know deep down we're not aligned with when we keep getting these messages from yeah. our deeper self or even life showing or people reflecting like, why are you doing that? It doesn't seem like you, people who know as well. And also looking at our blame, our judgment and our resentments because those are outward projections of where we're losing our power, giving our power away, which can point to yeah. what we really care about. Underneath um, some of the resentments are the unexpressed needs mm-hmm. and unexpressed expectations about what really matters to us that we're not owning. Yeah. So I think those two together. Um, and then surrounding yourself with people who model what you want like you know if i don't if i'm not good at expressing my needs looking around and finding people that maybe even trigger me because they're so good at saying no to me or so good at expressing their (laughs) needs and learn from them yeah i love it i think that those are really helpful those are amazing Yeah, no, that's great. I love the whole question of what are we tolerating? It's actually in a slightly different form, something that I have been, uh, I'll say, contemplating more so in my life as I'm working and up-leveling to my next level. And it's funny because I even encounter little things that I didn't even think that was like a big deal. But for example, you know, I went on a kind of like rampage of getting all my clothing tailored. <laughs> like it just became a thing. I just like, all these things are now going to fit my body perfectly. And I was tolerating it not feeling great, right? And it cost $20, $30 to get a shirt. It's not, you know, going to break the bank. It was like such a little things like that mm-hmm. that have come to my awareness. So it's so interesting to mention that now because it is something I've been playing with. And what came up to me was very much almost potentially what I would call like this upper limit or happiness, right? Like things are so good. So maybe the things I tolerate are kind of like my self-regulating, balancing, neutralizing of self so that I can upgrade to feeling good in a bigger capacity without feeling like something terrible would happen, right? So would you say that this sort of like definitely programming is maybe my nervous system? sort of regulating to this next level. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because we can only, so we need, in order to experience the upper limit, our nervous system needs to be able to handle the intensity of that, which yeah. means we actually need to be able to handle the intensity of our discomfort. Mm-hmm. So, because all of these things create sensation in our body and emotions and whatnot, which often we as humans try to avoid avoid those sensations and those feelings and those emotions because they're super uncomfortable. Yeah. Because as a child, we were told like, 
I was told no blood, no tears. Um, there was no, it was not okay to have emotions. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so when we expand our ability to be with the discomfort of our emotions, we actually expand our capacity for joy as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like the whole spectrum Mm -hmm. of being a human. Yes. And so rather than thinking if someone's resonating with what you're saying, and this is a beautiful reminder to myself, mm-hmm. oh, I need to expand my upper limit. It's like, yeah, and you can do that by expanding your capacity to be with whatever is there in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because we actually create something, like you said, like tolerating, create something in our lives when that upper limit comes up and it feels unsafe or uncomfortable will create some chaos or something to like dampen down um that feeling if that makes sense so yeah yeah and we will start arguing with our spouse because things are just too good and that feels uncomfortable exactly right it feels unfamiliar to what we grew up with (laughs) yeah (laughs) and and so sometimes that can be a beautiful indicator of like wow i'm actually I might be up leveling in my life if I'm creating chaos. If I'm, you know, suddenly bickering, can I look at how my life is up leveled and am I just really uncomfortable with that? And can I be with those feelings? Mm-hmm. And 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 appreciate that what I would normally deem as bad behavior acting out is actually a signal that I've improved. Mm-hmm. And that's my nervous system just telling me. Like you're you're there and it's uncomfortable and you and let's just try and be with that. Does that make sense? Totally. Like what comes yeah. to mind is to say that it's almost like a demo day when you're renovating your kitchen that it has to become a hot mess, right? Before the beautiful tile gets <laughs> the consign you can enjoy, you know, the yeah. book. Yeah. Kind of like totally makes sense. Hey there. Are you a woman who has spent most of her adult years? Feeling like you lack motivation to take care of your body, should it be eat the right foods, exercise, or make time for yourself and the things you love to do, instead of putting everyone else's needs and problems ahead of yourself? Do you start something new, maybe a new diet, and you have tons of excitement and even take the time to create an elaborate plan? only to lose motivation when not seeing results, and then going through the guilt and frustration cycle of repeating the same patterns again and again, wishing you had more willpower? Well, if you answer yes to any of these questions, then I have something to share with you that will forever change how you look at motivation. Going from this unattainable concept to an actual formula you can repeat again and again to turn every goal into reality. If you want to uncover your own source of endless motivation and how to tap it into it anytime you want, even through the emotional roller coaster that is modern life stress, then go to naturallyjoyous.ca slash motivation to learn more. Um, the other thing that also came to mind as you're saying this that I feel inspired to say, when I was, I'd say, so I moved away from Brazil when I was 21. So I would say I was, I almost felt like I was in so much fear and my nervous system was so accustomed to being in complete alert and protection of self 
that coming here that was so much safer in every possible aspect I can think of, I had this deficit. Like I had such a discomfort feeling safe, which may sound crazy, right? So then I started to find ways and relationships in my career in other ways to sort of bring that stress level back up because now it wasn't physical safety anymore that was challenging me, right? So I think that has been like an awareness that I developed over the years. And now I've been working on bringing that threshold down in general. So it's kind of funny, like this conversation went in a slightly different direction. It's so perfect. And it just kind of keeps making me think that I took that perfectionism to the next level, really, really did, you know, in terms of really pushing as I was comfortable (laughs) in this high, high level of stress. Um, Would you say that from what I described that somebody that gone from, you know, a physical fear, therefore dysregulation their nervous system to now not having that anymore and finding ways in their life to sort of keep that threshold? Like, do you feel that that is what is going on? Like, what would be your take on what I just shared? I love that you bring this up because I just started listening to Joe Dispenza's Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And he talks about the addiction to the stress. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if this was your experience, but we create that own, our own version of unsafe or or Mm -hmm. stress or response it's it's to to fill the gap and so is it you stress or distress that we're creating for ourselves yeah um during my coach training i had an experience of, of feeling emotionally safe with someone meaning in my in my body i felt the relaxation of being deeply seen and heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what was beautiful about that is that because I had that felt sense in my body, which a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Because people aren't taught how to really hear someone and really re- reflect back to where they go, yeah, that's what I'm going through. And, mm-hmm. and versus, you know, brushing it off or whatnot. So once I had that felt sense, anything that wasn't safe, I had a more, a stronger sense of like, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. But before, I didn't know any different. Yeah. And so I think having that, I was, oh, I lost where that was going, but having that felt sense in the body was critical mm. for me. Oh, and the other part of that, and this happened for me, and I, I want to bring it up in, in a way that, So I had some unresolved trauma that surfaced because I was resourced. And if I didn't have someone, a mentor, I blurted something out in class. If he did not say, Amy, you need a trauma integration specialist. And how great that your nervous system feels resourced enough for all this stuff to come up. I thought I was yeah. regressing. I thought I was losing my crap. Like I was like, what is going on? And I'm so grateful that I was resourced enough for it to come up. And then I had someone that could reflect that back to me and say, mm-hmm. you need this and it's time because you're resourced. Um, and I really want that for people because I think what happens when we do get resourced, our nervous system brings up stuff that's unresolved. and if we don't have somewhere to go to help us integrate that, we may think we're losing our mind. 
yeah. or, or, or just losing control or whatever comes up for us. Totally. Um, and then go to our strategies to stop that feeling or control it. Yeah. So. Because even um, as you said, the whole question about what are you tolerating? The first thing that comes to my mind is that, well, if I stop tolerating and I just you know, claim all the things I want and desire, that's too much, right? Like, so it's that lack of control. It's just like, no, I'm going to keep it together in a manageable, <laughs> you know, my blessings in a manageable way. But that immediately yeah. comes to my mind as you say that. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I have one final question in terms of what we talked about, just to kind of wrap it all together. Like now with all this perspective and your experiences and studies, how do you define a healthy relationship? Oh, that's such a good question. Mm -hmm. It is one where you can be deeply yourself, where each can be deeply themselves because what we need to feel safe in the world is to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we need that most within our high stakes relationships because that's we're literally when we work towards having that, we're rewiring our entire nervous system around feeling safe in the world and learning how to create that for ourselves and also be that person for someone else. And that means, it doesn't mean doing it perfectly. It doesn't mean being perfect at communicating. Mm -hmm. It means allowing ourselves to be messy um, while owning our stuff and choosing partners who can be with our messiness. Yeah. Like, because we're just humans are messy. <laughs> you know, if you think of children, um, they're so good at saying, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. Or yeah. or setting some of those boundaries and, and being messy and, and expressing themselves however they want. Mm -hmm. And um, when we get to do that as adults and express ourselves in responsible ways, but also those fun in messy ways yeah and you know like ugly crying and having compassion for ourselves, <laughs> even maybe when our partner can't yeah but we can have compassion and we can voice hey that didn't feel so great when you um you know said something about my ugly crying or <laughs> um and they can take they can take that and take ownership so it becomes this really nice back and forth yeah. um so, yeah, so to sum that up, be able to be fully, each to be for themselves and to support each other in that, even if it means losing the relationship. Yeah. And that last part, I think, is just so important, right? Because that's part of the full ownership, <laughs> right? Otherwise, keeping someone just by compromising who we are, I think it's very much kind of like missing the point, right? Of like the full ownership is despite of what they do, we're true to ourselves, right? But if they stay... Because they are taking for full responsibility. I think the relationship becomes just so beautiful and so natural. And I would say that over the last almost 17 years that I've been with my husband, like we started very wounded. <laughs> I think like most couples, right? Um, and a lot of blame and a lot of arguments and things. And to see the progression and to see now to the level I joke with him that like, like he sees the core of my onion constantly, right? Like it's just like, you know, 
um, tons of like ugly cries and things like that. But just to see the space that we can hold to each other um, has really now my growth and learning journey has been on applying that to others and relationship with myself. That's usually, I think relationship with myself is probably my number one <laughs> growth learning path. Definitely. But yeah. he has been such a good model, you know, of what is possible uh, for me, yeah. for some of the things you said. So I, I have like a very deep, profound level of gratitude <laughs> for everything yeah. you just said right now. Thank you so much. It was such a beautiful conversation. And for anybody wanting to learn more about you and, you know, follow you online or work with you, what are the best ways for them to find you? Just go to Amy Rx Baker Instagram. Um can also go to LinkedIn, Amy Rx Baker. Mm-hmm. And pretty much it opens up from there. Yeah. But that's where I, I post most of my content and um, connect with people for the time being. That's wonderful. And I'll put all the links, clickable links below in the show notes as well to make it super easy for people to find oh. you. Yes. Th- thank you again for your time. This brilliant conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for the opportunity. My pleasure. Really good to connect with you again. Yes, likewise. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous. And I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.